Welcome to the Rebecca Panda Pinto Project. Today, I'm excited to interview my friend, Savan, who is an impressive cybersecurity executive with over 15 years of experience. And she also is the founder of Cyber Ladies right here in New York City. Savan is a respected cybersecurity strategist, but then also serves as a professor of cybersecurity at Yeshiva University. Now, during a 10-year career in intelligence and cybersecurity within the Israel Defense Forces, Savan served as an intelligence officer, the CISO of the Research and Analysis Division, and head of the Information Security Department of the Intelligence Corps. Savan was then honorably discharged as a captain and moved to the United States. Savan now runs technical and educational workshops within cybersecurity. She speaks at conferences worldwide, and she contributes to information in cybersecurity magazines at every chance she can. During the last 10 years, Savan has dedicated herself to promoting women all throughout cybersecurity. I'm really excited to share her impact with you all. Enjoy the show. Hello, Savan, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Same here. It's great to see your lovely face and love what you're doing. I mean, when we first connected, I told you I thought you were such a rock star and are doing some really cool things for promoting women in cybersecurity. So I'm excited to talk about not only that today, but your impressive background as well. So um, let's start with just your passion for cybersecurity and and really how it relates to digital transformation. Where did that kind of come about to lead you to where you are today? So um, in high school, I didn't really learn any um, technical um, professions. Like I wasn't really exposed to the cybersecurity field. And if you were asking me back then, if I'm going to work in this field, I would probably tell you that. Like, no way. Um, then in is- I grew up in Israel. And in Israel, when you're um, uh, turn 18, you basically have to serve in the army. So I uh, joined the army and I took some exams there. And they told me, okay, you're going to become a cybersecurity officer. That's your <laughs> uh, training. Um, and I fell in love with it. I, it was the first time for me and um, being exposed to uh, the cybersecurity world in all the different aspects of it. Um, and I started my training. Of course, I started as a soldier and then later I joined the um, uh, officer officer's course and I found it really fascinating. And even though I never thought I'm going to serve for 10 years in the army, I was just very passionate, passionate about what I'm doing. So I stayed like anytime they offered me a new um, uh, opportunity, a new position. I um, decided to stay, and that's how I basically got into the field. And this is also why, this is also the main reason, actually, why I'm thinking that exposing young adults and like students, high school students, uh, it's so important because that's right before they make their decision on what they're going to do in their life, in their professional life, what they're going to study in college. Um, and not, not everywhere, uh, like other places, is not, it's not like in Israel where they tell you what to do. You have the army, they kind of helping you choose a path. Um, and um, yeah, that's, that's how I got into the field. That's what gave me the passion and the inspiration to promote women in cyber. And we're going to talk about that, but also specifically um, exposing high school students. Um, and yeah, 
I love it. That's awesome. Well, and I think like you were saying, when you joined the forces to, it, it was kind of your duty. It was like, this is what you do. This is what's next. Had no idea you'd be exposed to all these openings and areas for growth. And even now, you know, we were talking about, there's really these five different areas of a digital strategy as it relates to cybersecurity that are beyond even what I think you learned in your time of service. It's AI, IoT, cloud, blockchain. So these things, I'm sure you've been more recently exposed to, but you're seeing the acceleration and how they help business. Tell me a little about maybe about those top four, which, which is your favorite and where are you really focusing a lot of your time and energy these days? So, you know, it's interesting because when you work for big enterprises or like more traditional environments, you're less likely to be exposed or to work on these all topics together. And only when I shifted to the startup world, I was more exposed to all the all, all of these basically five components and I had a chance to uh, dive deep into each one of them. I am very passionate about the combination of cybersecurity and AI. I think that almost any product today have, have to, like any company has to involve these um, two uh, capabilities and AI basically makes cybersecurity products more relevant and more um more attractive for a company is like anyone wants to be uh, on top of their processes, on top of what they're doing. And with AI, we can basically make sure that we provide better products to uh, for the industry. So that's what I'm now focusing on. I do believe that cybersecurity supports all the other pillars. When we're, we we mentioned all the diff, the five uh, pillars when we we're talking about digital transformation, so um, you can't really work with data, with information, without uh, having a cybersecurity uh, plan in place. Same thing if when it comes to blockchain, IoT, um, and cloud. So. Um, the product I'm currently working on is a SaaS platform. So obviously, um, we use a cloud. It's a cloud. We have a cloud-based um, product, and we involve AI capabilities, and it's in the cybersecurity field. So that's uh, in a very high level. Um, I love it. Yeah, it all kind of stacks upon it. Um, yeah, you'd said there's five important areas to a digital strategy. AI, IoT, cloud, blockchain, and then cybersecurity, which I made a note is is a part of all of them. It kind of connects it all together. Um, how does it, when it comes to cyber, connect to all these different areas that individually are high moving technologies? <laughs> Every day they're changing AI, IoT, cloud. How does then cybersecurity weave in through all of them, but not also slow down the acceleration of innovation? That's a great question. As a cybersecurity officer, I had to deal with this a lot, like this conflict as a CISO um, between um, trying to educate your people and trying to make them follow all the security policies and procedures. But in the same time, uh, we used to encourage them to think outside of the box, to be innovative. So sometimes there is a conflict between innovation and security, uh, but being a good CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, in my opinion, is being able to be creative and provide creative solutions 
to enable your people um, still like follow the rules, but not without giving up their creative mindset and make help them um, just do what they were hired to do. And um, I do think that companies are more open and minded when it comes now to adopt um, next generation security solutions. Uh, I believe that in some traditional enterprises or um, critical infrastructures, it's sometimes harder because they're less likely to adopt cloud-based solutions or they're usually have a more, um, a longer due diligence uh, process and, and POC processes when it comes to new technologies. But I do believe it's changing and also like specifically now during COVID, and many companies understood that they have no choice but adopt cloud-based solutions. And that's why we see the acceleration in, in cloud adoption and, and specifically with cloud-based security solutions. That's good. Yeah, COVID definitely, I feel like, brought a new uh, perspective to the term innovator die because <laughs> it was like the only companies that were going to survive and continue to see any increase in revenue were the ones that went virtual, allowed their employees to work virtually and innovated fast enough to this completely rapidly changing environment or else it just was not going to happen. Um, there was an element of, of people being willing to take more risks and I mean, thankfully, not many people were in the news during that as well. So I think eyes were open for a lot of people to go, oh, man, we could have done this even sooner. Now we're in an age that I don't want to say <laughs> you know, COVID's going to continue to go on for X amount of time because who really knows? But um, we're still in the middle of a lot of it. So do you see a next phase of acceleration for folks who maybe haven't yet? <laughs> The, the last that are left, how will they continue to expand and adopt different cybersecurity opportunities and the fact that we have a new way to work now? Right. And I think, you know, not like the market. So basically, people shape the market. And I've, since employees realize that they have this option to work remotely, um, I think that will basically encourage companies and enterprises to allow this option for their employees because otherwise it will be very hard for them to keep their employees. Like we do see, um, like I'm interviewing um, people many times and, you know, instructors for the university or, or you know, other projects I'm working on. And that's one of the first things that, people ask you. Professionals understand that they can be still productive while they work from home. And I personally think that based on my experience that it sometimes makes people be even more productive. So I do believe that there is um, something about working in the office, building a culture, but we will need to be more creative when it comes to building culture remotely. Um, and it will be interesting to see where where it goes, but I don't think um, we're going to get back to full capacity uh, in the office uh, soon or at all. Mm -hmm. 
No, I agree. And I, I mean, I enjoy the flexibility of, of being remote as well. And I would totally echo that it allows you to be more productive. And I don't see a situation where it's at any point more compromising from a security perspective. We're on VPN, we're you know, leveraging technologies like Okta. Everybody's still safe. Um, just because I was on a different Wi-Fi network in the office, it didn't necessarily change things. So um, it only expands, I think, opportunity for companies to grow and have a bigger impact in the world. I want to shift gears now a little bit to the fact that on top of all these amazing things you do, you're also an educator at the college level. And as we were talking about with AI, IoT, blockchain, these technologies are changing every single day. So how are you able to translate and educate the next generation on these technologies when it's not a stagnant topic by any means? <laughs> well, so there's no doubt that this is one of the main challenges in my program. So Yeshiva University is one of the top 100 universities in the U.S. And we have a very, um, and we have an amazing program. I know I'm biased, but like I didn't, I, I'm not the founder of this program. Um, David Schwed, who uh, was the previous uh, program director, uh, did a great job um, founding this program and creating it and building it. But since I joined, I had to make, changes since this industry is evolving and we're trying to keep our students up to date with all the new updated and relevant technologies out there we we're trying our best to expose them to the leading cybersecurity vendors solutions and platforms um, and there is one initiative that i i think that is really going to uh, differentiate our program from other programs and is the fact that we're building a SOC, a security operations center for our students to be a, in order to provide them hands-on experience with real vendors and with real platforms. And I don't think, honestly, like you can teach um, anything, um, but in order to really get your first job in the industry, there is nothing like hands-on experience. And this is why we work really hard to bring hands-on labs and um, to expose the students to the leading uh, security solutions out there, mainly um, SIM solutions and SOAR solutions, which are uh, common in almost any, um, any enterprise and large company uh, these days. And since like not all of our students are uh, going to start their career. Some of them are already working in the industry. So we're trying to combine, um, we're trying to bring the, all the different levels of knowledge and technology. But I do believe that there is nothing like hands-on experience. And that's why we have to make sure that we always update these solutions, technologies, and having this SOC, Security Operations Center, is, is key. And we're also now working on, um, uh, on the NSA uh, accreditation, which is one of the things that we're, uh, that we need to have in order to be NSA accredited is uh, having a center of excellence and having this SOC, the Security Operations Center, with our students and hopefully being able to um, uh, to become uh, to make this become a center of excellence. That's like one of those are basically my goals uh, in the program. 
that's where I want us to get in not um, so long uh, time from now. Well, that's great. And I think those students will come out with a degree from Yeshiva. Is it Yeshiva how you say it? It's Yeshiva University. Why Yeshiva? Thank you. I get nervous every time. So I'm going to start that over. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. I think that's so great too. I think folks that graduate from Yeshiva University are going to have a leg ahead even than some of their peers because it wasn't just book work for them. It was real and it was hands-on and you're creating a path for them to go straight into an educational platform, an opportunity to actually have a job and be paid for their work. So I think that's great and an awesome approach to how you can educate these folks. How about when it comes to cyber ladies here in New York City. What does that programming look like and and how do you bring that community together to help them really grow in their cyber careers? So when I moved to New York City three years ago, I um, realized that like in Israel, there are just no many, um, not enough women in this industry. And I used to be the only woman in the room um, back then. And also when I moved here and I started to look for a job and starting to build my career here, I realized that it's 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 a, it's an issue. Um, and while I was trying to building my network, I um, I thought about this idea, and I was also involved with a cyber latest community in Israel. So I thought it would be nice to have a similar community here, and that's how the idea came up. And I partnered with um, some other organizations here, and we started to. Um, organize events, build uh, programs for women who want to join the industry, but also um, give a stage for women who work in the industry and can share their knowledge uh, with others. Um, so that's how we started. We had very successful events, uh, in-person events before COVID, and then we moved to uh, online uh, webinars and um uh, also, um, like so, we we also provide technical workshops. So we had like password cracking workshop. Uh, we had a social engineering workshop where we, when we basically, um, we literally um, taught the um, uh, women how to uh, use Kali Linux and other um, tools, and and to to basically expose them to more technical aspects of this uh, field. Um, and during COVID, since we had to shift and it was a little bit harder to provide these technical workshops and, and to uh, get together in person, we decided to launch a mentorship program. And that was a partnership with the Yeshiva University and Full Stack Academy. And it was very successful. We basically have 60% of our mentees who found their first job during COVID, which for me, that was a huge success. That's very rewarding. Um, you know, getting all these emails from students from Full Stack and from YU who were part of this program and started their path during COVID, which was was hard time for everyone. Um, that's very fulfilling and very rewarding. And I see some of them thrive in the field, like they're, um, yeah. So uh, that's that's cyber ladies. Hopefully soon uh, we'll we'll be able to get together in person again. I feel that people are a little bit tired of um, webinars and 
they really uh, need this <laughs> in-person uh, interaction. So hopefully soon we'll be able to get back to it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love how you light up when you talk about cyber ladies and the impact that it's been making. So I think it'll come back to full steam at some point and I'm here to support it all along the way. I think women supporting women is the only way to be in this industry. And I mean, quite honestly, in life, um, we've got to be helping the next generation or else it's a disservice. I think sometimes folks get so caught up in their own little world and their own little family and worrying about their future success, but look around you. There's people all over who want their first job in cyber tech, help them out and make a change. And you never know what doors it's going to open. Who would have thought you joining, you know, the Israeli forces back when you were 18 would lead to the impact you're making in the world today. And, and, you know, teaching as well, the next generation of women in tech. I just, I think that's so exciting. And I mean, it makes me excited to be a part of that ecosystem even more. So more power to you on all that you're doing. And I'm always here to help. So. Uh, last little thing I kind of wanted to to chat about was your personal life. And you do all these interesting things because you, like me, are somebody who's go-getter, hardworking, but you have to find that balance. And um, we talked about paddleboarding. Tell us more about your time that you spend paddleboarding and what that does for you. Yeah, so this is like another passion of mine. I started doing that in Israel um, many years ago. In Israel, it's more common than here, but one of the first things I've done when I, after I moved here, were to find a place where I can um, paddleboard, and and I find that um, that's like I call that my active meditation. Like sometimes when you're in this crazy city and things, um, there are all, there's always something happens in the city, and it's a busy place to live in. Um, being in the water, um, working, out, it's it's a workout, but it's for me, it's also um, my time to think about um, what I want to do next. Sometimes if I need to um, think about specific ideas that I have in mind, that's where I'm going to. Um, you know, I find, I found out that I meet very interesting people in the water. Um, I actually, met one of my investors that's no way <laughs> so that's cool i i feel like you know if you can pitch your id to someone in the water when you're trying to <laughs> overcome all the challenges there mm-hmm. um you can do almost anything <laughs> and it's that's a awesome. good way to practice your pitch and like yeah ideas and uh yeah, it's it's very powerful. Um, sometimes I used to compare it to cybersecurity. I think I mentioned that to you that um, there are so many challenges. And even when you have a strategy, you always need to have plan B. Same thing in the water. Like I'm always looking at the weather, the wind, the current, but it, you can never know what's going to happen and what kind of challenges you'll have. All your pedal, and I uh, always have, and I many times need to make adjustments based on the evolving environment, um, like like in cybersecurity, right? So um, I find many similarities, um, but it's mainly about having fun and, and finding like inspiration 
in a place where I can really uh, focus on things that sometimes as part of my day-to-day job, it's harder to, um, to focus on. I like it. It's awesome. I have a similar experience when I'm doing Spartan races. You can just get into a different mindset, but still it's about focus and overcoming challenges and you're just doing it more physical than how you and I typically work with our minds versus our bodies. Um, so I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. I just think you're such a rock star and love the impact you're making in the world, especially for helping younger women get into STEM and cybersecurity. I think they all need somebody to look up to like you and you're there and to like open you. arms to help them. <laughs> thank oh, you. thank you. I enjoy, you know, helping the next generation as much as I can as well. So let's make an impact together. And thanks again, Savon, for being on the show. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing. I appreciate it. And as you said, it's super important to be there for each other as women. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity and for having me today. Awesome. I'll see you in real life here pretty soon.